New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, we're back in another episode of the Never Lost podcast companion to the Never Lost sermon series. That's all about leading up to the ultimate victory at Easter. All along the narrative scripture we've seen from the very beginning, I mean, Genesis 3.15, you know, God has been weaving the story together to point to Jesus. And so today we're looking at uh, another famous story that shows a victory, um, and it has a lot of practical application in it as well. And this is one I know we've all heard before. If you've ever been in church at any point in time, you've probably heard this one, and it has its own practical application inside of it. So we're just going to read it and, and get through the whole text together. We're in John chapter 13. Um, I'm reading 1 through 35, and this is the ESV Bible. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him, and that's why he said, Not all of you are clean. Verse 12. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and your teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at a table by Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. And Jesus said to him, 
what you're going to do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why Jesus said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag that Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. Verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me, and just as I have said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And I know, if you've grown up at church at any point in time, or if you've attended for any length of time, you've probably heard something about this verse, this famous story. It's the night before Jesus is killed. It's the Last Supper. He's washing the feet. You know, he, He's about to be killed, and he even washes Judas's feet, which is amazing. There's a whole sermon in and of itself. But I love this one because it has its own practical application built into the text. It says it in verse 15, uh, For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done for you. So there's this go and do likewise thing that... Jesus, I mean, he points it out in the text. And, of course, we're not supposed to go around literally, hey, hey, can I wash your feet? You know, I, you know, let me sign up on the website. I'll wash your feet. Like, Do, have your feet been washed today? Like, that's not what he's talking about. And some of you, maybe you've grown up in, um, you know, a, a tradition or, or your, your church did that on a Sunday morning where it's like a, a, a ritual, a symbol of doing the feet washing, and that's fine. Um but I think this is there's something deeper than that than just the literal feet washing. Of course, for Jesus's part, he's using it as a symbol that's like, look, I, you're being cleansed. Is this is just a picture? It's a symbol. Of what I'm going to do momentarily on the cross, that cleansing from our sin through the blood, through his death and resurrection. And so, uh, this, the humility and the humbleness that Jesus is showing here by getting down as the master and washing his students' feet when they should be doing his feet, and this is humiliating. Usually a Gentile would have done that. So this humility and humbleness that Jesus is doing now, man, that's just the start. That's just a picture of the ultimate humiliation that he'll have on the cross. And so it's a symbol. It's like for them, the feet washing was, he says it. It says an example that you you should do just as I have done for you. And we're not supposed to go around and, you know, literally die on the cross for other people. But that humility is an example of the symbol of the feet washing. And so, yeah, we're not going around washing people's feet, but we're finding ways to serve. And that looks can can look a, a variety of different ways, especially in 2021. You know, there's the pandemic. You can there's all sorts of things we can do to, to show that love and to show that humility. Uh, I know there's opportunities at church. There's the disaster relief training. You have other people. There's mission trips. You know, if you're in a small group, you can love those people in a certain way and serve them in, in different ways, whether it could be a text or being there for that person. Sometimes serving just means listening. You can serve that way. Like, let me be that listening ear. Um, whatever it is, there's, you you know that. And there's this go and do likewise thing that's like, well, Jesus was this way, so therefore you go do that way. And that's, okay, yes, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Can I turn my music back on now? Like, it's easy to write that off or to check out. And so where I really wanted to camp is we, 
this is a victory. Remember, we're in this series called Never Lost, and God has never lost. And here's a picture of how the the second person, the Trinity, is revealing his greatness through his service. And that we need to not write that off or to, to move past that, And it, as it is so easy for us to do. Um, and so I, I wrote this down in my point. Before Jesus can be our example, we need to remember this victory that's taken place. And it's kind of counterintuitive. So I wrote it this way. You can't serve others to the glory of God unless you've first been served by God. I'll say it again. You can't serve others to the glory of God unless you've first been served by God. And Peter shows that in this story. His pride really got in the way. Here in verse 6, Simon Peter says, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered, what I'm doing now you don't understand, but afterwards you'll understand. I'm talking about the crucifixion or resurrection. But Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And I love that, you know, we shouldn't do that. Peter, good old Peter, he's mouthing off again, telling Jesus what to do and thinks he's got it figured out. But I love that because it's kind of encouraging to know that he screws it up. And I do that kind of stuff all the time. Lord, you wash my feet. I, no, you'll never wash my feet. It got me thinking about um, about how we act towards God with our pride and uh, in a variety of ways. I was trying to figure out how to illustrate this. I remember one time I, I, I got saved when I was in high school and the youth pastor took me out for, for lunch one time and it, the bill came and he pulled out his wallet and oh, I've got, I've got the bill. And, and I was like, I got squeamish all of a sudden, like, no, uh, uh, whatever it is that's in our hearts, that pride that like doesn't want to be served by someone else, you know, you know, you want, you want that privilege. And so you're like, no, I'll pay it. No, I'll pay it. No, you're like kind of fighting over the bill. And he's like, cloud, dude, just, just take it, man. It's like, I've got you. And so he was wanting to serve me that way. And it was like, I was my pride or whatever it was, was just preventing his love from doing that. And how many ways do we do that with God? I mean, even after he did that, I was like, well, uh, let me get the tip. I'll get the tip. And, you know, it's just, we, we try to find ways to, um, to do it our own way. And that's the thing about humility and humbleness is that's the realization that you can't. And that's all about the Christian faith. That's why Christianity is the hardest of all, because it says, you know what? I can't get the tab and I can't get the tip. Like I'm incapable and I need Jesus to do it for me. I cannot be in God's presence and, and his sacrifice on the cross is what makes me right with him. And you have to be humble to receive that and ask him for that. And so it's it's interesting that like okay well we've got this big application and this practical step from this text go and do likewise hey go serve but you can't really do that until you've been served by God because otherwise your motivation and your why is is totally different like it can look the same on the outside but on the inside there's something else that's going on and so uh, Peter shows us that and Jesus is like no you if you won't take part in this you have no part with me because I'm serving you and I think that's what's so hard for us to get sometimes. And even, you know, we've been Christians for years. There's ways in which our heart, you know, tries to pick up the tab, as it were. And I, I think that's why it sounds very strange, but most of us think, you know, serving God in the church, it's totally a positive thing. But we have not usually stopped to consider that serving God may actually be an insult to him. And our ears kind of perked right now. Like, we have not considered that serving God may actually be an insult to him. Uh, just like it was to my youth pastor at the dinner table. And so I love this quote. William Temple said this, man's humility does not begin with the giving of service. It begins with the readiness to receive it, for there can be much pride in our giving of service. And so Peter shows us that 
And that that I want is to be kind of the, the takeaway. Like, yeah, you're supposed to serve. We all know that. There's plenty of opportunities, especially at New Vision, for you to use your God-given gifts, talents, and resources to serve your group, the community, for the gospel, all that. But the big question now I want to leave you with is, you know, why? Why do you serve? And remember that you can't serve others to the glory of God unless you've first been served by God. If you're a Christian, you know that, but you constantly need to be reminded of it. All of us do. And so I hope this has been a good reminder for you that you continue to listen to these podcasts, continue to read scripture as we lead up to Easter. Y'all have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.